people get sucked into, I have to have this branding and all this stuff, and they brand themselves right into the poorhouse. We teach people to keep your costs extremely low as long as it represents you well professionally. Profit designers, we are bringing you some of our most popular podcast episodes from our vault. Enjoy these episodes, and I will be back with you very soon. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question. What has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling. I'm the business psychologist, the author of the four-week vacation and the How to Hire the Best series, as well as the founder of Tap the Potential, where we coach entrepreneurs like you to design sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. Because after all, we believe work supports life, not the other way around. Weekly on the Profit by Design podcast, we bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. At Tap the Potential, we're on a mission to disrupt the traditional story of entrepreneurship. You know, grind it out, work really hard and work really long hours at the expense of your health, give up time with your family, and let your own quality of life suffer, all to keep the business going. It doesn't have to be that way. We believe work supports life, not the other way around. And that is our why behind everything we're doing at Tap the Potential. And it's our why behind the Better Business, Better Life Summit. This past year with COVID has been so stressful and so emotionally draining to so many entrepreneurs that we want to come in and be a breath of fresh air to inspire you so that you know you can actually grow your business again and have a high quality of life. Sign up now so you don't miss out on the summit as it's happening. We've gathered leading experts such as Mike Michalowicz, John Jantz, and David Jennings, and more. We're all coming together to share cutting-edge strategy with you to support you in designing a sustainably profitable business that gives you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. Sign up now so you don't miss out on the Better Business, Better Life Summit as it's happening. Go to WorkSupportsLife.com. Hey, Profit Designers. On today's episode, you're going to get to listen in on a really fun conversation that I had with Tom Antion. Tom has never had a job. He's an internet multimillionaire guy next door, and he's been a professional speaker and entertainer since 1988. Tom has an outrageous hiring method that takes guts to implement, but I verify that it will work and it's a good method to use. He's going to be telling us all about that. Tom is the founder of the only licensed, dedicated internet marketing school in the country, along with the only facility of its kind in the world, the Great Internet Marketing Retreat Center where people come in from all over the world to study internet marketing in the lap of luxury. Tom's new podcast, Screw the Commute, teaches people how they could pretty much live two lives for the price of one if they weren't sitting in the car on the way to work 
making other people rich. And I want to tell you, just going into this interview, I got some great ideas myself from Tom. I think he's going to get your wheels turning. So let's dive in. Tom, I am so excited to talk with you today. You have such an interesting background as an entrepreneur, and you have been an entrepreneur for years. I understand that you have never held a job. Is that correct? Nothing other than high school and a little bit of college. And if you want to get this started off on a good note, my first major job in college, this is the absolute truth. I was a hooker. Oh, gosh. We've never had a hooker on the Profit by Design podcast. I was at U.S. Steel. I worked the overhead cranes where you hook the thing on to these I-beams and put them on trains. And so I tell people I started out as a hooker in Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) And you went from that right into entrepreneurship. Well, I mean, that is technically an entrepreneurial endeavor. (laughs) I suppose so. Yeah. So, and you had a pretty rough start to your entrepreneurial endeavors. First off, let me introduce and say that you have a documentary that is coming out, looks like very soon, right? Right. A Hollywood producer saw me speak at a memorial service for the lady that got me into professional speaking. And she just, I met her like, hello, how are you? And then, but she saw me speak and then she followed my career and she's done 38 documentaries. And she chose me to be the American entrepreneur because my dad came from Syria on a cattle boat and became an entrepreneur. And he taught me to become an entrepreneur and I've helped thousands of people become entrepreneurs. So she chose me to be the American entrepreneur. So it's, it should be coming out this year. That's exciting. And I was watching the trailer for it. And I understand that you made half a million dollars. Is that correct? And then you lost it all. And then there was some real, you had two gunfights, a knife fight, a biker gang after you. (laughs) What happened there, Tom? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little stuff like that. Yeah, so for starting with nothing, I owned five apartment buildings and a hotel before I graduated from college. It was long before the no money down craze came along. I, you know, made deals and it was just uh, hustled, made a lot of deals. I was bored. So then I got my pilot's license. I was a charter pilot for a while, freelance. And then I said, ah, I'm bored with that. It's like a high class chauffeur. And so then I decided I'm going to buy a nightclub. And so I bought this biker bar and decided I'm going to turn, in my stupid youth, I decided I'm going to turn this into a really nice family restaurant and nightclub. It called me crazy. Somehow they didn't like that. So I was in two gunfights, knife fights, over 100 violent confrontations, shot up my car with shotgun blasts. And so it was going pretty good. <laughs> I still lived. And then... The dream, what happened eventually is I did drive them all out and they gave up on me because they couldn't take me down. And then the drinking age went from 18 to 21 and wiped me out totally. That's where I lost about $400,000 after working seven days a week for six years straight. We got four days off a year, which was Christmas Day, New Year's Day, but that was a waste because you were dead from New Year's Eve. I think uh, Easter and something else. I don't know. So that was quite an education there in my young life. But, you know, you just go onward and upward. Absolutely. So looking back on that, what would you say is a one life lesson that you've carried forward? Try to avoid confronting bikers. (laughs) No, No, but other than that, 
the the life lesson was is that you can un- overcome adversity. So I was like top of the heap. I was the well known across the whole state. I was the second biggest nightclub in the state, and it all crumbled with one slash of the legislative pen. And then I got hurt. I was injured. I was actually in 1988. I was sleeping in a vacant house on a mattress, injured from a, a no health insurance, and. I'm surrounding myself with humor books because my dad taught me stay upbeat. Just because things go bad, you can't quit. And so I got the idea for an entertainment company, which was an outrageous idea, but I'm laying there watching Candid Camera on a black and white television, which before you were Candid Camera, but you've probably never even seen a black and white television. So I got the idea for this to design custom Uh, practical jokes. And I started a company in Washington, D.C. called Prank Masters, and we did 4,000 custom design practical jokes. And so the lesson is that just because you're down, that doesn't mean you're down forever. It means you're down and you got to climb back up and you just never quit. And you keep your eyes open. And I kept humor around me so that I could keep my mind open rather than being closed and oh, woe is me. So you have been an entrepreneur yourself for years, and then you've been very influential in the lives of many entrepreneurs and helping them screw the commute, that's your podcast, and leave the nine to five and have success as entrepreneurs. So can you share some about what you do? You know, I went from the entertainment business to into professional speaking. There's a lot more money to be a funny speaker than it was to be a comedian. So I got into the speaking business, and at that time, you know, I I was used to talking at parties and no microphones, no politically correctness, nothing, you know, and then I'm thrust into these boardrooms and big meeting rooms with professional people, and I thought, I better learn how to do this. So I killed myself to learn how to be a great professional public speaker. And this is one of my big lessons overall, is if you try to be excellent yourself at something, people will notice. And frequently they will ask you to teach them. So I got so good at speaking that people were begging me to teach them. I never planned on that. And so I started teaching. I wrote the Wake Em Up speaking system and the Wake Em Up book and all these things for speaking. And then it was hard enough at the time to sell stuff across the street, let alone around the world. So the internet came along, the commercial internet came along around 1994, and I thought, are you kidding me? I can mean, I can sell stuff around the world sitting in my desktop in my basement? I'm going to figure this out. So I went back to what my dad taught about being excellent, and I thought, I'm going to learn this. So I just scratched and crawled, didn't make a nickel for a couple of years, and then I got good training, and then I started making money. And then I got so good at it, again, people started begging me to teach them. So the overriding principle is try to be really excellent at what you do. And besides doing it, people will ask you to teach them to do it. So it creates a double revenue stream there. And that's how I got into being Mr. Big Internet Guru. People ba- drug me into it. I was just trying to sell my own stuff. You were just trying to be excellent and learn. You, mastery was driving you. I understand that. So, and a lot of times if you try to plan what the next future is going to be, I mean, I heard somebody say, don't worry if your kids don't know what they want to be yet. It probably hasn't been invented. <laughs> you know, so that is so true. So it's good to have long-term dreams, but you have to do the step-by-step and they will change over time your emphasis. And that's what's been happening ever since I got on the internet because it changes every two seconds. 
by the time I get done talking to you, something's different that I have to learn and teach to other people. Okay. So help me out here, Tom, because I've been at this now since the early 2000s and at coaching, being on, having a business on the internet. I know. And you love that ICF, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. It's the gold standard. So what that drives me crazy is that I cannot keep up. I don't have the bandwidth to keep up with all the changes and keep us, you know, the company driving forward on that. So what are a couple of tips? Because our listeners, I think, have similar struggles when it comes to the online portions of their businesses. Well, this leads right into something I knew that we were going to talk about is my outrageous hiring practice. (laughs) I can't wait to go there. You're probably going to just shut me off and you're going to say there's no professional person on it. See, you're a learned person. See, I'm a country bumpkin. We just do things. You know, we don't get the advanced degrees to do things. We just kind of do things. So before you go there, I have to tell you, we are the blend of the PhD and the School of Hard Knocks at Profit by Design and Tap the Potential. That's how we roll. So on the street learning. Yeah, but my buddy, the other guy didn't show up today. <laughs> Where's Mike? I'm, I'm stuck with the high, brilliant woman and I don't have any help here. Okay, don't worry. So I want to hear the on the street, the street smarts of hiring. So let's go there. Okay, well, back to your original question is you need to hire young people that are tech savvy, that are inexpensive. They're thrilled to death that they're not cutting grass or flipping burgers. They're working with computers. So you need to hire these people. And I have, I'll be glad to tell your listeners exactly how to hire them. Yes, please do tell us. Okay. (laughs) So you got to go to a blue collar high school somewhere in your region. There's a blue collar high school. You don't want to go to the ritzy areas because those kids have more money than you do and they don't need you. So you go to a blue collar high school, you call them up and you say, well, first of all, you can't just go down and say, I want some kids. All right, that policeman told me that. <laughs> That's a bad way to approach that. <laughs> you have to call up and get the guidance counselor or the computer club leader or you know whoever teaches the computer classes. They know who all the little tech-savvy nerds are. All right, we call them techno geeks and propeller heads and all that. And you make an appointment. You go down and say, look, I've got evening, weekend, and summer work because you can't compete with the school uh, time. And this is what I do. And you prove that you're real and they will contact the parents and make the connection to get these kids. And a lot of times the kids can work remotely. You want to be careful bringing young people into your home that you don't know because there's danger there. But and if the way you pay them is by the job, because if you tried to pay the kid by the hour, 99 percent of the hour, they're fooling around on Snapchat or something and you get one percent. So I pay them by the job. So when I see a web page up there that suits me, they get their $2 or $3 or whatever we negotiated the deal was. And the other beautiful thing is they're like little roaches running around. If you know one kid and he doesn't know how to do something or she doesn't know how to do something, they know all their buddies that do. So I have gotten five $10,000 graphics jobs for a hundred bucks because they're buddies in high school and the one person is really good at it. So that's your answer right there is you get low priced young people that are tech savvy. Now, the way this leads into my hiring, I do hire older people and some of them have been here 10 years. Uh, We just had a guy yesterday who's finally left after nine years and they all came 
from ads that would never be accepted any place on earth that's professional. So your ads are not professional. Tell us more. No, they're terribly unprofessional that you couldn't get away with this anywhere that I know of. So, however, there's some really great tips in what I'm going to do. I've got a, a, you're here watching this, but I've got a printout of one of my emails here. But the subject line in an ad, and first of all, I only use Craigslist. That's the only place I hire from because I would never be allowed in any of the other places once you hear this, all right? But the subject line, to me, is critical. Now, see, I'm a big fan of discrimination, all right? I knew this was going to get me kicked off. (laughs) So here's the thing. I don't want the 55-year-old MBA that is totally clueless, has had a secretary for 100 years, can't hardly type coming to me to work because they got displaced and telling me how great they are at marketing. No, they don't know a thing about the stuff that I know and that young people know. I mean, kids come out of the womb nowadays, swiping the screen and, you know, don't smack my butt. I'm entitled, you know, and they got cell phones in their hand. So I want a younger tech savvy person to help me. And that's what you need. That's what most of the people need for all this tech stuff that you can't keep up with. So I use the subject line or the title of the ad, this is critical, paid internships. Guess who's never going to apply for an internship? An arrogant 55-year-old MBA that's clueless about this. No, that's beneath me. All right, good. You don't have to waste my time interviewing you. I'm screening them out. I know it sounds harsh and mean, but I mean, when you're a small business, you've got to watch your time and you have to be careful with what you do, not waste time and, and all that stuff. So that's the first thing. Then I build them up with, okay, work for an international celebrity. So it sounds really great. Work for, and here's all the things you're going to learn about email marketing and online blogging and social media and outsourcing. We'll teach you all this stuff. And they all know half of it already. And then I say, now that I grabbed your interest, I'll just actually read this for you. Before you apply, you must know a couple things. Tom's a lot of fun to work for. And if you perform to his standards, he'll reward you and go out of his way to help you reach your financial and life goals. But he's got no patience for entitled little brats and worthless slugs that get nothing done and aren't proud of their work. If that's you, don't apply. If Tom doesn't throw you out of here, then the other great employees will. Love it. I was surprised to hear you say that because I know that you're a very professional lady, but a lot of people out there will never say things like that. Well, exactly. But you're speaking the language of the people who are going to be the right fit for what you have to offer. Exactly. I mean, people are scared to apply if they know that that's them. And so I don't have to waste time. I had one person, I had two that uh, really come in mind. One was bragging that she was the only person ever to get into graduate school from her family. She couldn't put a sentence or a paragraph together, couldn't spell. I had another one She's here for four hours, was the dumbest stump that I ever saw in my whole life. And by lunchtime, she's saying, well, where's my bonus? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like ready to pull my hair out. No, I think you're striking a chord with our listeners because I hear that sense of frustration all the time. The entitlement, the lack of effort, initiative, that's a huge struggle. And I absolutely encourage that you use every step of your hiring process to speak to the right people and filter the wrong people out. Because like you said, you don't have time for that. Right. I would never get that cleared in most places. (laughs) Well, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. Right. But let me tell you, this one guy that's working for me still, he's been here 10 years, 
And when he came to me, he had flip-flops on, his feet were filthy, he had long, scraggly hair, was uh, sand all over him, just came from the beach. And I'm looking at his resume, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at his resume, and looking at him, and it's like master's degree uh, from ITT Tech, or professor at ITT Tech. And I'm thinking, this is somebody's pulling my leg. I said, why are you trying to leave ITT Tech as a professor? He said, they want me to wear a tie now. That's why he quit at ITT Tech and has been with me 10 years. So wow, it's a different world out there now. And so uh, anyway, so if you can screen out the people that don't care about their work, most of the people that came here said, well, I'm not like that. I'm going to show this guy. And they did. And they've been here for years. So that's another piece where you are pulling their best foot forward. So like A players like a challenge. So you're throwing down a gauntlet and you're saying, show me how you're going to step up. And A players will cross that. They'll accept that challenge. Yeah, I thought you were going to tear me up with that because, like I said, I'm a country bumpkin <laughs> and you're a learned woman. <laughs> so my How to Hire the Best book is all about interviewing real-life entrepreneurs and their hiring practices. And that is the kind of content that we teach in the course, wow. in the book because it's about what really works. And our time is so valuable. You apparently love what you do. I do. I don't have to be here talking to you, but I love it. It's all just part of the whole mix that just keeps me vibrant after I'm so far over the hill, I can't remember going up the hill. But I'm still doing this every day when I don't have to. Years ago, I could have quit and just sat here and watched Tennis Channel all day long. I have a site called Fatso Tennis. I don't know if you know about that. It's about making your hobbies tax deductible. So I have the dubious distinction of being the largest person ever to create and star in a tennis training video. <laughs> so it's called Pat's Wow. So we'll talk about making the hobbies tax deductible in a minute, but let's. All right. So here's my big pet peeve because I speak all over the world on stuff and I hear these people that can barely make their car payment telling people on stage, delegate everything, only do what you're good at. Well, guess what? If what you're good at is making you broke, maybe you should rethink that and get some skills in your business. So my whole thing is that you do as much as you can yourself. You get your knowledge. For instance, everybody listening to this has probably gotten a quote from $5,000 plus for a website. We create world-class websites for $150. WordPress with a responsive theme. Responsive means it looks good on cell phones and tablets. And a little bit of graphics from Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You can get people for five bucks to create you a header or logo all these things. So people get sucked into, I have to have this branding and all this stuff. And they brand themselves right into the poorhouse. We teach people to keep your cost extremely low as long as it represents you well professionally. And like I said, that's easy to do. And there's an old New Yorker cartoon. I mean, <laughs> it's like a couple dogs sitting at the computer and one dog says, well, hey, we're on the internet. They can't tell we're dogs. <laughs> so you can make your persona as beautiful as you can for very low amount of money. But if you spent $5,000, I mean, you're smart. How much do you have to make to break even compared to spending 150? You're afraid to try things. I mean, I have a site called instanteulogy.com. The website costs $15 and it cash flowed $42,000 a year for nine years straight. I still have wedding and toast and wedding speeches. $15 for the website, cash flow $72,000 a year for nine years straight. See, so you keep your costs low 
and you learn and do as much as you can yourself. And eventually you can farm it out. But the thing is, you'll know how long things should take and you'll know how much they should cost so that you don't get ripped off. That's the problem. People go in and get what I call a CSI. You've heard of CSI, right? Yeah. What's it stand for? I don't know. It's a TV show. It was a crime scene yeah, investigation. Crime scene investigation. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I don't know what it means in your world. So tell me what that means in your world. It means in my world, crappy, stupid idea. Because and all ideas are crappy and stupid unless you prove they aren't with real numbers. So you can do keyword research on your idea before you build all this stuff to see if anybody really wants your ideas. These people fall in love with their ideas and then nobody wants it. And then they hear crickets chirping after they built this $5,000 website and nobody's coming. So, so you really have to get the knowledge, keep your costs really low and only delegate once you know what you're doing. Or if it's something super technical, but you hire on a project basis, don't let somebody just sit there for months you know, eating your cash flow when that could have been done in an hour by somebody that knows what they're doing. Excellent. Okay. And then you also threw out an interesting topic that I want to hear more about, and that's making your hobbies tax deductible. Let me throw the word legitimately. Oh, legitimately tax deductible. We have a lot of accountants who listen. So yes, we to keep this above board. Uh, So I have a, a lot of yarn. I'm a crazy knitter and I like not acrylic. I like the really high end silk and really expensive yarn. So I want to know what can I do to make this tax deductible? I haven't got my eyes closed here and it's a piece of cake. Yeah. So you put up a WordPress website, you find, you know, uh, Sabrina's yarn cabin, or I don't know, anything. It doesn't make any difference. And put up a WordPress site, which is free on a cheap hosting service and put a nice theme on it, which is going to cost maybe a hundred bucks, you know, for a nice one. And then you're going to blog a little bit about yarn. You're going to take pictures of the yarn stuff that you like. And, but unless you want to, you're not going to create a product. You're going to go to the various sites like uh, ClickBank, which would have guaranteed something about what you like yarn or quilting, or I don't know this, that kind of stuff. And then You're going to sell that. You're going to promote that on your website. Somebody buys it. You get an affiliate commission. And now you have a legitimate business right there for a hundred bucks that you love doing, working with all the time. But unless you're doing this, all your hobby stuff is you're paying through the nose. You get no tax deductions for it. You just pay golf, archery, any of these things. So for 150 bucks, you could make that legitimately tax deductible up to a point. You have to start making some money after a while, or the IRS would come in and say it's a hobby. And I've had this cleared with tons of lawyers and accountants. They say, yep, you know, you're in business. This is the easiest country and the best time in the world to be in business because we have these cheap tools that allow this to happen. And any family interest you have, if your kids are in soccer, you know, all of that stuff costs a fortune that you're just blowing out with no tax deductions for it. This could help shelter a lot of your W-2 income, even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur. My 12-year-old daughter is going to listen to this and be all over it. She's already got her knitting podcast on YouTube. So this is... Did you see, Sabrina, that I subscribe because most of the news is so negative to the Good News Network. And every day I get emails about something good news. An eight-year-old made $22 million last year 
on YouTube just reviewing toys. Oh my goodness. And he's not the only one. <laughs> oh, right? wow. So when people tell me, oh, well, I don't, I'm not technical and they cry the blues and they just go to work and waste their time on commuting. No, there's all kinds of those things available to you. So let's talk a little bit about that because your podcast is Screw the Commute. What inspired you to start that podcast? Well, I poo-pooed podcasts for a long time because nobody was making any money. It was just kind of a big ego trip. But then with the advent of new cars being able to directly play podcasts and podcast listenership has exceeded XM Radio now and it's free. Amazon Echo, you can say, hey, Echo, play Screw the Commute and it'll start playing in your house. So the market went crazy. And so as busy as people are, you know, I do a lot of webinars and videos and stuff, but you have to stop and watch them where uh, the only medium until they start embedding chips in your head, which may not be long, but that you can learn and do something while you're doing something else is audio. So I thought it's time. And so Screw the Commute just came along from my comic background and the fact I never had a job and my resume looks like it's BS because how could somebody do all these things in one lifetime? But if you're not spending your lifetime in the car, making everybody else rich, you can do a lot of things for yourself and your family. Certainly. So what are some of the topics that you get into on Screw the Commute? Oh, well, uh, on Mondays, I do in-depth training sessions. So this coming Monday, I don't know when this is going to air, but you know, I do ebook marketing, I do chat box marketing, I do shopping carts, copywriting, and all the necessary skills that an entrepreneur needs. And then on Wednesdays and Fridays, I interview successful entrepreneurs. I've been trying to get you on here, but you're too busy on four-week vacations <laughs> for little old me. I'm back now. We'll definitely get something scheduled, Tom. <laughs> so it's uh, it's inspiring uh, to hear all those other um, entrepreneurs and what they're doing, and they're creating what we call lifestyle businesses. Yeah. You know, I'm a fanatic. I like to be here just, you know, figuring stuff out all day long. That's I'm more hands-on than most people tell me I should be, but I like it. It's a bit of an illness for us, I think. Well, it is. You know, the, most entrepreneurs will work 18 hours a day to get out of working eight hours a day for somebody else. Absolutely. For sure. So you also have a, you do some training on how to do a $50,000 video production for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, this will set you so far apart from your competition. And especially now that your cell phone, they're shooting TV shows with cell phones now. So you can, what you need to do is record everything you can about your business. You go behind the scenes. These are called candids. Show people how you work with people, what you do for them. Get testimonials. There's a cool way to get testimonials from your clients called 45 degree testimonials. Because a lot of people are not savvy in front of the camera, freeze up deer in the headlights when you're asking them to look and say something. So you get them at 45 degrees, you have somebody talking to them. And this is the exact technique, folks, that you want to use out there, is you say, well, hey, what's the best thing about Tom Antion's Retreat Center? And then you cut the questioner out and have the other person repeat. Well, the best thing about Tom Antion's Retreat Center is blah, blah, blah. And they're talking to a person in two seconds, you can get great testimonials without forcing deer in the headlights. So you want to include those. I love that. We have a retreat coming up. We get testimonials and inevitably, even I freeze in front of the camera. I've been doing it. It's hard. It's awkward to look at that little lens and talk like it's a real person. 
just put that into play and it's easy. Then another really super duper tip, if you're in any kind of reasonably sized area, they have what's called a CVB, Convention and Visitors Bureau. And you can go and get free footage, like on my production, I've got this aerial footage of the marinas at Virginia Beach and shopping and everything for free because that's their mandate is to promote this area. So if you happen to be in that area, you can get this tens of thousands of dollars of high quality video footage to put in your production. Randy, are you listening? <laughs> Randy's our videographer. He's on it. Don't let anybody you know, talk you into creating custom graphics and stuff. You can go to Elite Video and all these places, and I've got gorgeous transitions and openings that you just put your text on. So anyway, you collect all this stuff, and then I got a video editor, guess where, Craigslist. She was a film school graduate just looking to build her resume. She put 200 hours into this thing at 15 bucks an hour, and this thing has brought in $6 million since I, I did it. And we so total, I had $3,000 in the whole production. And I had quotes of in excess of 50,000 just going out on the open market to get people to do it. Phenomenal. Well, you are a wealth of entrepreneurial wisdom here. <laughs> I tell you what. I haven't warmed up yet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> This is fantastic. Well, this has been a joy to get to talk with you, Tom. I think you have opened our listeners' eyes to different ways to make money in their business, opportunities to save time. And the big piece that I'm taking away is the mindset piece around resilience. I really appreciated your story that you shared at the beginning and how you just have to pick yourself up and keep going. Best time in the world to be an entrepreneur and kind of getting a tear in my eye with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Entrepreneurs Take Your Life Back Facebook community at tapthepotential.com forward slash group. Share your aha moments from today's episode, ask me questions, and join in on the fun with your fellow entrepreneurs on the journey to designing sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. And finally, share today's episode with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. This is real life business. Keep your chin up, keep moving forward. You got this. If you're loving the Profit by Design podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all entrepreneurship podcasts so that more entrepreneurs like you discover us. Your review is critical in helping us make a difference for more entrepreneurs who are ready to take their life back.